Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Debrief Podcast. This is Airman Jance, joined as always by the 97th Air Mobility Wing Command Team, Colonel Baker and Chief Flores. We have a special guest here this afternoon, Major Caleb Egley uh, from our wing front office. Welcome, Major. Well done. Uh, well done on the same last Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> uh, command team, welcome back. How are you gentlemen doing? We're doing great. Thank, thanks for having us. Excited to be on this edition. We've made our way up to the field grade ranks, and I think we're going to have a great, great guest and a great podcast today. I'm feeling it, Chief. Oh, absolutely. We were talking before we started recording, and I thought, wow, we, we recorded about... We didn't record about 10 minutes of great material there. So Aaron Jantz, I mean, he's got a little fidget machine in his hands. He yep. still has his coffee, his coffee cup. cup. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm ex- I feel honored to, to be in the presence of this coffee Don't cup. I've heard, I've heard it so much, and now I, I finally get to see it. Yeah, yeah. 10 minutes of conversation before this. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm sad that our listeners out there don't get to don't get to see the routine, though. There's a routine that happens where Aaron Jantz takes a, a slow sip from said coffee cup and really, really relishes it. So, <laughs> Do you always wear glasses? No, not always. That's the they're difference. Just, yeah. just blue you lines. looked a little smarter. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That was the effect he was going for, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> has nothing to do I'm with looking that. a little wiser this afternoon. Yeah. Well, Major Eggley should be should be honored, flattered that um, Aaron Jantz put on his glasses so he could increase the level of perceived intelligence here and i wish i thought of that i can always use the help yeah. <laughs> i'm i i am honored i've been paying attention on the podcast and i've, I've you've uh, you always have perceptive questions so i'm i hope i don't bring a week today that's my goal did you did you listen to the previous podcast did you did you brush up or? i did brush up i got i uh i was i was paying attention I, i'd heard how 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 well they'd done before so i was like man i gotta go see the heavy hitters i was i was uh I think we were talking about it. The I, I've appreciated um, one. I appreciated like I think my highlights were getting to hear um, some of the backstory um, that that some of the deep cuts of the of the command team that I, that I hadn't heard just being up in the front office, and I, and I get a lot of exposure and um, getting to hear uh, from for Chief Thompson was was awesome. He has a lot of like that dude's a real deal. Um, yeah, sorely missed. Um, and then it, it's just been it's been interesting just getting to hear different perspectives from different walks of life, different backgrounds. Yeah, that's really the whole idea. I mean, that perspective and a little bit of what other people's walk looks like. The debrief—that's where we started. The whole thought process was, you know, what happened and why it happened, and how do we improve it for next time. And so there's there's a lot about life you can talk about in that conversation. And speaking of improvements, our episode two guest. Uh, Staff Sergeant Scotty Shoemaker mm-hmm. just got picked up for officer training school yeah, for a UPT, undergraduate pilot oh, training great. slot. So talk about, uh, I don't want to say improvement because the east side is very near and dear to my heart, but uh, it's always good to see uh, a very solid enlisted member go become. Yeah, uh, personal UPT. goal. And I think we we talked about some of his life goals when he was in here and what he was after and just being great in the job that he was in. And it, it's all it's all panned out. Um, you know, sir, and I had no, exciting. and I had no idea how humble he really is when he got picked up for officer training school. He let, he then revealed like the 15 obstacles that were in his way for him to get there. And that'll be another story for another day, but I was very proud of the young man, but sir, you're a student of the game. That's, you know, I started 
looking at you like he is a true student of life, whether in the jet, whether as a leader, as a as a as a father. It's pretty amazing to see your preparation and how you go about your business and you bring that to the front office, that continuity, uh, plus a bunch of other things uh, when it comes to you're just a loving soul. Yeah. And while the front office is of course the pinnacle Every second of every day, you just, I know, wake up and go the, oh, the front office. But there's a lot more to your story, I think. And I'm excited to hear more about it. But you, you started off. Gosh, well, tell us. Tell us a little bit. So uh, I think I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, sir. It's been, it's been a challenging. It's been a good challenging being, you know, working up in the front office with you two gentlemen. Being, um, being stretched, definitely. It's definitely next level of responsibility and oversight. But it's also been super rewarding see and interact and hopefully advocate for for people across the wing and getting to see you. Um, a little about background. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a military brat. My dad was career Coast Guard, moved all up and down the East Coast eight or nine times. We ended up in Colorado and I, I always I always people always go Coast Guard what's in, what's Coast Guard in Colorado and there's he was in a rowboat now out in the lake somewhere and we were sitting on the side. <laughs> he was he was working a joint a joint job at Peterson, so we ended up there. He uh, he ended up retiring, and then we went. Um, we we were transplants there, so um, I, I had to become a Denver Broncos fan. So I was a little bit disappointed to see the Minnesota on your cup. <laughs> we'll let it slide today. Yeah, thanks. I am sorry. Acted like somebody's going to see it too. It's just us. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I, was, uh, I had to see. It. Um, and then I, I went to the I went to a small engineering school at the base of the Rockies, otherwise known as the Air Force Academy. Right after right, my dad got out, and then I, I joined from there. Then uh, then Laughlin for UPT went to McDill, went to Fairchild for just under a couple of years, and then uh, wanted to come here. We were excited about the opportunity. We were we we purposely uh, volunteered and and a little bit early actually to get here. What led you to? We, we've talked a few times about uh, Altus, a great place it is, yeah. um, and the amazing community that we have, amazing airmen. What uh, what what drove you to want to come this way? And for Altus specifically, for I mean, primarily family. That'll that'll be a good one. So I know I think any of the any of the the, the folks out there will be able to empathize. But when you've been You've deployed a lot. I, I I was gone. I was averaging about half the year, and I, I would I say I, I think I was compared to my peers. I was low time. So I, I was with TDYs and deployments. There was there was a distinct. I I'll say this: when I got here, the difference between my oldest, oldest of three, um, so I got seven, five and a half, and two and a half. So my my oldest, when we got here, our my my relationship with him has improved just months after being here, just because I was, I was home. I could be there and parent and be around. Um, and my youngest who was born here, like we have a different relationship. It's a little bit, um, just, there's a little more familiar just because my son got to deal with five deployments and a bunch of TDYs and my youngest has never known me, but anything but home. So that was the biggest reason to be here. But in addition, in addition to the obvious, I think like I, I, I genuinely, I'm a, I like flying the 135. I really do. Um, I enjoy instructing. Uh, so it was a chance to do both of those things. And at a very, very high level, I, I, I say I enjoy coming here because it's, I want to be where the smart people are. And I, and I can tell you, I, the, having been here for three years, I've interacted with a lot, a lot of really smart aviators 
um, officer enlisted who who across three different airframes just know know the game inside and out. Um, ton of experience, ton of background. Um, and I knew like if I could come here, like I would get challenged and it was an opportunity to step up and uh, to um, do CFIC and those kind of things where you have to, you, you, you can't be sloppy. You have to know the game. So I, I, it's been awesome to be challenged that way. CFIC certified flight instructor course. Mind flight instructor course goes back to, goes back to when we had the, uh, when we had, uh, 135s and B-52s here. Um, and I think the little bit of the heritage and, and chief, chief will know this, but, um, the, the 135 had a background where it was, um, we were caught, we were having mishaps and seeing fatalities with instructors on board. So CFIC was that, was that, Hey, we across the force need to take a look at how we train instructors, how we, how we improve our game, how to make it a better, how do we make the instructor core better? Um, and it wasn't just the 135. We also with the B-52s, but long story tradition, going back to the SAC era. And it's, it's, it, it's, a, it's a cut above and it, it, it's, it's one of the most fun things I get to do here because it's where you get to nerd out. You really get to know the insides and out. You get to challenge people and you get to see instructors get, get better. We've had a lot of folks. I think we have a lot of folks here that I've helped train in one way or another. And it's really cool to see them go through, get better, go back home and then come back here. And now they're training, they're training other airmen. So. Well, you call it nerding out. I, I call it being at the top of your game. Having having seen you in action throughout a night sortie through your combined flight instructor course, CFIC training, and really executing uh, an instructor sortie in the way that very few people can was pretty awesome and impressive impressive to be a part of. And I think we – did we block extend that one? Yeah, so we shut down the field. I, I don't think I don't think that the, the the tower guys were appreciated, but we got all the training done. We got the students through zero, and, uh, zero to fifteen. Uh, it was a good one, um, and it went, it definitely gave me appreciation for what y'all are what y'all are doing day in day out, and it's pretty incredible. It was fun. Uh, it was great sortie. We we take I think I think the fifty fourth, and it takes a lot of pride. But like pilots and booms, boom, the booms are booms are sharp, and they're they're on it. Um, they don't let things slide as in the best possible way. So it's, it's, it's that toughness that, that we really appreciate and it holds people to a high standard. You got to, you need it when you're well, one, just to be the best in the world at what you do, but also you're flying 1958, 1963 model aircraft. Got to be at the top of your game. They fly great. They're awesome. They're, they're amazing for the seasoned jets that they are. Um, but you got to be on your A game to fly that airplane. Have you flown with Major Egley, by the way? I have not flown with Major Egley. I got to fix that. We need to fix that. I mean, hopefully we have a little bit of latitude at the wing to be able to go do that. So, you know, sir, I'm having a little debrief moment. When I went through CFIC as a student, not as to become a CFIC instructor, but sure. as a CF, CFIC instructor myself, I mean, a, an instructor trained by CFIC, uh, I was nervous. I mean, that 60-day uh, train-up time before I actually got here uh, – I was living and breathing uh, TOs and AFIs and right. all the supporting documents. And when I got here, you're absolutely right. Day one in the pit. I don't know if they still do that or not. Day one in the pit, the very first thing they cover is the history of CFIC. Yeah. And I think they do it for a reason because they want to make sure that they set the the climate and culture right away what you're signing up for. Right. And it almost sets like you beam with pride and you, you feel like it's not just about be, being an instructor, but to I'm going to earn – this K-code. K-code is what they put on the flight orders to signify that you're an instructor. Yep. Um, 
but you're going to earn it. You're going to be proud of it because of the legacy that you got, you guys and gals have left. And yeah, I'll still deliver. Every time I see that CFIC patch, uh, you know, we were patched on uniform to recognize units and everything else, but that I recognize greatness right there and a very, very high standard. And when we tell people Alts Air Force Base has some of the best instructors at what they do, CFIC is right up there. Yep. It really is. Agreed. And I love it. One of the things I love about this conversation is this gets to, and I know we've hit on this before and some maybe around the edges of it, is this idea of how our airmen really do desire to be held to a high standard. I think sometimes we confuse ourselves or I've heard the conversations before um, about, you know, how hard do we push and, and backing off on uh, standards or maybe sometimes, you know, a team or a particular group can be reluctant to, you know, to really uphold that standard because it, it's hard. And sometimes I think it, people can talk themselves into thinking that, hey, you know, this is this is either too hard to maintain or that's not what people really want. But I've found every single time that that is absolutely what airmen want. They That's what sets them apart. It's what sets us apart collectively. It's standards. It's a discipline. It's knowing that, you know, you're one of the few people in the world that can do this job to the level you do and that you can impart that on others, which is, I think, where your heart's really at. It's pretty incredible. I think, I think going back to that too, it's, it's also a matter of communicating the why, going back to um, as, as leaders. That, and I think in a few places I've seen um, across my career is it's not just about, hey, it's hard because reasons. It's hard because here's why. Let me explain. In our case, it's very simple. See if I see why do we need to train? Because we have an aircraft that if you don't pay attention, you could very easily end up in an unsafe situation, especially with people who are unqualified who are trying to teach you, right? Um, similar stand for standards across in any explanation, I think it's a, it's a chance to go, why is it this way? If And the ability of someone to accept why something is um, a high standard is there it directly correlates, I think, to the leader's ability to communicate and buy into the the reason why the standard exists. And it's it, in that part, I find it's incumbent on me not just to go, well, this is a standard, but to go, this is the standard and here's why it exists. And, be, and I think the flip side of open to, okay, let me, let me understand, is this here for a good reason? And be willing to have that conversation, but we got to get after it. The why and that that's what i think as an fgo we owe to those people that we so sir have you uh just your first uh we talk about mobility little town we train 70 percent of our mobility air force air crew here your first aviator whether enlisted or officer um i like to think we brought you on here uh because of that but more so because you're a, a better officer than you are aviator which is hard to believe because mm-hmm. you're a pretty darn good aviator how do you say which the lessons learned as an aviator have translated to you to be a better officer in general? Hmm. I, I like to think the things that make Caleb Caleb are skills that travel, right? Building, mentoring, teaching. Um, th- those are skills that, that are I'm passionate about that I, I want to take and that flying naturally lends itself to, being an instructor naturally lends itself to. I think there are a lot of things that we do that in our career field that lend itself to being a leader. I, one of the big things I think that I appreciate with the 135 has given me that uh, that that crew resource model mentality 
Um, it's very different in the 135 than I think maybe some other communities because what I, we have what I would consider a low power differential that between us and the, and the boom operators, I, I trust the boom operators of my life and have been saved more times than I care to, than I care to count, uh, if I'm being honest, because I've, had a, I've just had a phenomenal boom operator. So that ability to, to have that, that conversation with the people on your crew, hey, where are we at, where are we going, is this the right call? And being able to see, send and receive input from everybody, that's been huge as a, I, I think, as an aviator, but as a 135 pilot, I've appreciated that need to, I think as an aviator, that need to understand the rules and figure out, have a, have a, have a very good understanding of what is actually in the rules and be able to understand um, where, where is it, what does it actually say, and being able to speak up and either defend or be willing to, to move and receive input um, has been, is a huge thing for, I think, that aviators bring to the fight. So in, in, in any way, in anywhere across the, the, across our Air Force, I think having an understanding of that and being able, being able to receive that input and move. Any examples outside the jet? I can think of a few. Um, I, I think um, finance, I think, is a big one. Um, so as a, as a flight commander, having folks that are saying, hey, I'm having issues with a DPS voucher, as somebody who, you know, being able to go that skill of going like, well, hey, I know that the JTR exists. I know that there's business rules. Let me go find it. Here's the way that we, here's what needs to be done. Here's how we said, here's, I will make phone calls to the right person. Like that, that's an easy example of being able to find that. Um, I think another example is um, being able to, to awards and decorations. I'll, I, I've, I've done the, an exec gig for a while, but being able to figure out, hey, what exactly needs a lot of people when I see when awards come down are a little bit scared off by the minutia. And this looks like a lot of work. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, man, there's, you know, 1206 and a bio and all this kind of stuff. There, there's been in my expertise, my experience, expertise, experience, it's been can I look at this? What is it? How do I empower other people to say, hey, if you do this part, I'll do this part. Under, you know, understanding the background of it and being able to empower other people to succeed is something that I think I've seen. I've used that kind of know the rules to your advantage. Yes, sir. It sounds like a very deliberate approach uh, to all tasks. That's yeah. what I walked away with. I agree. That's what I, we, we, I think we collectively, I'm sure part of what you're saying is we see that in your day to day, the way you conduct yourself and the way you work um i don't know if we said it at the beginning you talked about the front office and uh major eggley is an executive officer which means he is basically responsible for making sure that um the command positions and that the the wing um front office and the wing functions functions administratively that it uh functions relationally and that um you know we're we're taking care i call that taking care of airmen um, you know, those administrative uh, functions that need to happen day to day or what, what he does. And we see it day in, day out. And, and it really is some of the same skills that you're putting to use are the same skills he's using on the flight deck with the boom operators who, by the way, I do agree, or my term is that it is the pinnacle of flight crew integration. Uh, and there's some fantastic, fantastic crew fields out there. Many, many, many that I could talk for hours about. Um, but, but seeing the way, particularly on that airframe um, that the boom operators and the uh, the pilots interact is um, it's it's there. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. There's a lot to be learned from that. There's lots of case studies we could do on that that you could you could really deep dive on. 
I'm curious has, how you got into the flying business. Did you always want to do that? No, you know, I grew up. Well, let me say this, I, and I'm sorry if my dad ends up hearing this. Oh, but, you need uh, to give a shout out. I want to. Uh, my my dad retired uh, Coast Guard, um, so he did he did cutters. He's he I think he had six different ships that he was on or commanded. He, uh, I, I I knew from an early age I just, that was not my thing. So I knew what I didn't want to do more. <laughs> so um, sorry, Dad, if you're listening. I thought, you know, but. He did cast a vision for me. I got, I got early on. I don't think I ever, man, envisioned a time when I wasn't going in the military. And that's just growing up around it, growing up, you know, having cousins. I, I come from a military family, fourth generation. I, you know, great grandpa was Army World War One. My grandpa was in. The, I got one in the Marines, one in the Navy. Back in the day in World War II, my dad, you know, my dad in the Coast Guard. I'm in the Air Force. I, I, I think my son has to go in the Navy just to keep the trend going. But the Coming from a military family, seeing growing up, going to a military, my dad worked at the Coast Guard Academy back in the day. So just seeing it growing up, I, I always kind of had that vision. And then um, I got my dad's jobs ended up taking us to Air Force bases. We lived on Air Force bases. I did JROTC, Civil Air Patrol, got to see sea aviation. And somewhere in there, I got the I got the I got the bug for to fly tens. That that was that was that was the dream. <laughs> And uh, there was only one place where I could go to academy and still fly a ten. So I guess I was going into the Air Force Academy. And that's that's kind of how that that ended up happening. I that dream did not come true, but um, I think I'm, I ended up right where I where I wanted to be, and I love doing what I'm doing. I'm trying to picture you pre-contact in an A10 right now. <laughs> no, it's not the same. It's not the, not same. the same. Yeah. So the ship driving part wasn't wasn't your jam, but it sounds like there's probably something there with what your dad inspired you and instilled in you um, in terms of, you know, leadership and in terms of um, setting a setting example as a role model for you growing yes. up. Yes, absolutely. Having, um, having a, a retired 06 dad, um, phenomenal writer, a doctor wrote a book. Um, if I want something tore up, I give it to him to write. So learn from a very early age that uh, communication uh, is key. So written communication, that skill is a, is a big deal. Just everything was a leadership lesson, you know, growing up with my dad. Um, my dad is still one of the most like, kind of upright people I can think of. So I had a, I had a, a very strong role model um, for for leadership and officership and fatherhood going forward. That's awesome. It's powerful. Well, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have been raised in a home with uh, two loving parents and, and uh, siblings and having having a family dynamic where we were all together. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So your so greatest quality of your dad? My dad, my dad is one of those people who isn't afraid of anybody. Um, uh, he's, he's, he's tenacious. So I, I find myself having to do, I'm, I'm not that way. So by, by nature. Well, so this is for the audience that we were talking about. This was in the 10 minutes before we started. Um, so I happen to have seen you on the jujitsu mat. I happen to know that you have a wrestling background and I happen to know that you are incredibly tenacious when you need to be. The, I, I like to think of it as, as a meek meekness. You know, you know what meekness is chief meekness reserved. Strength, it's strength under control. It's not mm. weakness. Meekness is strength under control. So I strive, I strive for meekness. Strength, strength under control. I guess if I could put it that way, but. 
I'm, I'm not sure it was fully under control <laughs> on the on the jiu-jitsu mat last time I saw you and uh, Major Rush um, rolling around, but it uh, maybe for you, if you had some gas left in the tank, that's impressive. So that's how you ended up on your path. I yes, and I think I had a, I had, and we were talking about this a little bit the other day. I, I'd like to think that my career, my kind of leadership career, has been has been. I have a few like high, high memory moments. Um, and I think the, the first one that I could think of, I was trying to think back. I, I can think of three. I can think of the first one was, was in addition to, I, I have a loving wife who's always been there. Um, my faith is characterized by, by, you know, a savior who believed in me at the right moment. Shout from, out for Jess. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, we like to talk about with my dad. Absolutely. So I, I have some all the time, every time, but a few high, high, high impact moments. I, I was actually civil air patrol. We were discussing like, Hey, what's it look like to go, um, go to, go to a commissioning program. I remember, and I voiced in a group setting, like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I could cut it. Like, you know, little, little 15 year old Keo Begley was like, Hey, I don't know if I can cut it at, at, at an academy. I don't know if that's for me. And we had, we had an A1C, A1C McDonald who, who was in the honor guard? We were at Bowling Air Force Base back when it was just uh, Air Force Base, and the the honor guards there. We had a few airmen that came and helped out and just increased the level of professionalism immensely. But so he was one. He taught me how to do guide on stuff back in the day, back when that was a requirement. But A1C McDonald pulled me aside at the end. And he was like, "Hey, Egg, come, here, come here. Did you did you mean what you said about about uh, not being able to cut it?" And I was like, "Well, well, yeah. I don't know if I have you know just." I don't have that confidence. I don't know that I could do it. And he's like, he's like, look, you could succeed at whatever you wanted to do. You could absolutely go enlisted. I know you want to go in the military, but you were cut out for this, this officer thing. Um, and just for, I just remember just like, you know, 14 or 15 year old Caleb just going, walking out of there on air. Cause I had this A1C who took some time, pulled aside, you know, this teenager and said, look, I, I'm going to cast a vision. And I was like, I've, I've never forgotten that. That's been, that was, that was huge. Like that was, you know, somebody who, who didn't have to say that, who knew, who knew, who knew, who had enough experience to know what it looks like. A1C McDonald. Yep. He's probably Chief McDonald now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. I have not, you know, I've looked, I've, I've gone back, you know, trying to, try to go back and find him. So, uh, I, I wish I could, a, a few other mentors I have. But. Well, if our, if our podcast ever goes viral to a wide enough audience, yeah. Who knows? You you may be able to you may be able to track down I would love, I'd uh, love re- to. retired Chief McDonald or, or whatever now, he's doing to our forty dedicated listeners. Yes. <laughs> Please look into this one. That's a great story. That is an amazing oh. story. It goes to show the rank is positional, but the leadership's a person. Yeah, and he probably doesn't even rec- he may not even realize that that little moment in time what he shared with you was that powerful. Oh, it's huge uh, to you. Wow, and the and the idea that mentorship goes up and down, I, I love that. I've always believed that it goes lateral, up and down. And we, a lot of times we think of it as unidirectional from top to bottom. The reality is it 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 operates in both directions and sideways. Pretty pretty incredible, and that's a great example of. I bet Jans has it in him to do something like that. Sorry, you've been kind of sitting over there. Oh yeah, and we forgot to mention that we did. He is our below one of our wing below the zone to senior airmen, airmen. So I don't know. Round of applause here. Yeah, yeah but we knew we were telling them before we went live that we actually knew the last recording 
but obviously we couldn't spoil the beans. Yeah. He was notified less than a week after. So yeah. I bet he, awesome. you were thinking, weren't you? I bet these two people know this. It certainly <laughs> popped into my mind. Like, oh, the command team's gonna be gonna be on the podcast. Maybe they accidentally just spill the beans or something. You well, just don't know. I appreciate your professionalism. <laughs> you didn't let on at all that you like. Well, can any insider baseball here no, you can offer? No, that that was for my my superintendent, Sergeant Allen. Uh, I'd I'd nag them like every day i was like oh yeah you know you hear back from uh btz yet uh did i make it and he'd be like you'll know when you know <laughs> perfect advice getting yeah. promoted early is a huge deal yeah. you know that's something that uh very very few people uh, get the honor and earn yeah. and you earned it and we're we were super super uh super thrilled to, to see your name and all the other names that uh come on so i gotta ask just because Obviously, sir, you work, you do work at the wing, and we know each other pretty well. Matter of fact, we we rode over here together, which was uh, interesting. The people you ride with, are you gonna you're gonna interview, but uh, was there much interaction between you two, Major Egley and Airman Jance, before this? Nope. Cold cold turkey. Yeah. Um, other other than paying attention and knowing, like he's got he's got a he asks good questions, so I'm I'm looking over here at his as a notebook, going I'm just expecting. Some well, there are, there are times when the command team comes in and. It's it's more of them in interviewing the guests, you know, and uh, debriefing, and you know, that's really nice sometimes. You know, I've got my my questions, my usual questions, and some new ones, but it's it's really nice to sit back and actively listen to the command team's conversation with our guests too. Never forget that technique because when you get mm -hmm. when you go speak to different. Crowds, whether at ALS or FTAC or some other kind of professional development, you always come ready with questions, but the hope is you never have to go to them. Yeah. Uh, because people, or you're talking points because people are going to just facilitate amongst each other and you're just there to carry that on. Yeah. And I find that hard sometimes that trying to figure out does the audience, because our default default position is to, is to try to get them talking and try to not talk at people. But we found sometimes they want to hear from you too. So it's that balance of trying to figure out, you know, what what do they what do they want to know based on your experiences, and when are they when are they eager to you know to to be listening? But we we really try to start with the with the active listening, and you do you do a great job of that, by the way, Herman Jans. You. you really you really Thank do. You. And then you, like Major Eggley said, you come in just with the right question at the right time. <laughs> yeah, but. Um... Speaking of questions, I, I've got one for you, Major. I was going to uh, ask. I, I wanted to ask you, have you, uh, other than your father, have you had any other um, active duty men, uh, act, active duty uh, members uh, that have influenced you in your career and your career path? A absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll stick to a theme just a little bit. I've had... Um, I can think of in a lot of ways what what the way I would characterize my leadership progression is um, people people believing in me at the right time. So I, I think it's really easy for someone to believe in you when you're doing really well. Um, it's very easy to vote for a winner, right? Everybody's going to vote on you know what's the best odds. We'll you know put my money on that one. But it's very very few people who will look at somebody who's struggling and go, I, that's, that's my person. I, I bet on them. So, um, I've had, and I can think of a few leaders here who are like that, who I, who I would think of shout out to uh, Lieutenant Carl Askew, who just left 
really appreciated working under the OSS with him. Um, uh, now Lieutenant Colonel uh, Davidson, who's over at the TRS. Uh, I knew him when he was Major Ben Davidson uh, while we were deployed. And uh, I can think of a few times when, when he went out of his way to, to, to mentor and, and take care of me. Um, I can think, I'm gonna, to get back to your question, what I would say is I've had, um, I can distinctly remember in UPT, I had a flight commander, uh, Cap, then Captain uh, Harry Stell, who was, just, he was he was a former Air Force Academy honor card guy. You know, he was he was tough. He was he was very sharp. And I just remember flying with him, and I just I could not figure this out. Part of the reason I didn't make a test. <laughs> the the whole the whole flying thing did not did not come easily. I'm I'm living proof the Air Force can teach any monkey to fly. The and I was struggling to get through my first solo, and I just remember walking back in, and he 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 was like, "Hey, Ugly, how you how you feeling about this?" And I was like, "Man, I man, it was." That was a bummer of a ride. I just can't figure this out. And and he goes, you're an easy fix. And I just remember, you know, what do you mean? And he's like, you, I can, you have a good attitude. You want to learn. You're, you're, you're giving me your best effort. Like I can teach that kind of person to fly. Like someone who comes in here and doesn't know things like that person, there's not a whole lot I can do with, but you're an easy fix. And I just remember going like somebody who saw that I was working, you know, my tail off trying to get better, who, who recognized that it was just like, Okay, thank you. <laughs> like I can like that. That was such a breath of fresh air. Um, and I've had different people throughout my career um, who've done that. But that kind of believing in someone at the at the right moment. I think that's the privilege of leadership. Is that you, whether you're in a formal leadership position or not, but if you're in a position with people, you get the ability to those in your sphere of influence, the ones who are. It's, it's easy to find the people who are doing well, but finding those people who are struggling or who need that extra TLC or who are under the right conditions are going to just thrive. Like that has been, that has been something I've, I've, I've been on the lookout for and been wanting to try to, you know, who's, who's the person in my purview that I need to believe in at the right moment, because that is a true privilege. Right. And that's the person that is going to end up going far and, who, who do you advocate for that nobody else is going to? So I, I, I have a, I, I've had a lot of moments in those in, in my career where it's like, man, not like people believe in you is awesome, but that those kind of like low moments where someone, someone spoke in my life just kind of and encouraged me and blessed me. It was, it was huge. This gets so much insight yeah. to who you are and now I get it. Mm-hmm. So part of being in the front office, uh, they're trusted agents, so you got you guys and gals are brought into a lot of the tough conversations on decisions that we make for airmen, and you know, Major Egley always roots for always errs on can we support the the, the member uh, if there's something there, and I always wonder where that came from, and wow, that makes that makes perfect sense, uh, and we absolutely need leaders like you that uh, find the diamond in the rough or the person that just needs a little extra. Um, push along the way. Uh, that's awesome. So I, that's that's been one thing. And again, going back to what's what's great about working in the front office, that I get to I get to you get to see a lot. One, we've talked about this, Chief. But yes. um, my if 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 I have a if I have something that I keep in my cross check is something I got to work on. That um, the standards that we're talking about, it's it's 
you got to hold this. You got to hold the line. You can't always go, well, we should take it easy. Oh, well, we can let this slide. Like some, sometimes you can't do it. And I guess if I, if I were to say like just justice, always mercy to the max extent possible, like that, let find, find a way to what, what is the, what is the least, the least owner's option in terms of getting to what we're, where we need to be to satisfy justice and also take care of what needs to happen for the for the member i i just justice in the little sense that what what needs to happen in this situation so yes sir and we talked about this too but your instructor i think you said your instructor at upt that gave you the feedback that you have a great attitude i mean i, I truly believe if you have a great attitude it gives you some altitude mm -hmm. so you have some mm -hmm. space to fall to be able to kind of because everyone roots for that person and uh, I think we talked about you had a situation similar to another person, but your outcome was different. And I think a lot of it was, I think we talked about, what are you doing the 99% of the time that there's no conflict? Are you being a good teammate? Or do you have a great attitude? You bring good energy? Mm -hmm. uh, or are you toxic? And if you're toxic, you better be really good at your job because <laughs> the, people are, can't wait to knock you off <laughs> the pedestal um, because you're toxic and uh, sometimes it's hard to I want to say pin things on people because no one's looking for that I've had some very I would, I would frankly say aggressive leaders that never messed up and they were really good at their job and they were polarizing and even even uh, I think a, a good follower will, will be drawn even to those kind of leaders uh, as long as it's not illegal and moral and ethical what, what is your redeeming quality uh, but when something goes south going forward you do think like, huh, they didn't have much altitude uh, for their attitude uh, to work out. Now, the debrief for me was like, wow, was I in a position to give that leader feedback once I was in their circle of trust uh, to perhaps mention like, hey, you're very effective, but you recognize um, how you're kind of creating a blaze of uh, uh, destruction here. So we're pontificating. But no, I think it's great. I think one of the things that's important about what Major Egley is saying about, you know, who's that person that is not the easy, it's not the easy choice. A lot of times it's probably going to be somebody forged in adversity. Yes. When they do get to a better place, they tend to be amazing people. Yes. Amazing people. Yes. Um, because, you know, they've been to hell and back. A lot of them, gosh, Kerry Thompson, what a story with chief. I mean, that guy's been to hell and back. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't follow that guy in the battle? You know, who, who wouldn't want, who wouldn't want that guy on this team, you know, to, to go fight, you know, that's, that's, that's who I'm, that's who I'm putting on my roster. Right. I mean, and think of the people who had to take some bets on him. Yes. I had to, you know, make that choice at different times. And yeah, I, I love it. There's so much to that. And I think part of that's the amazing, this, this is the essence of why we lead and, and grow airmen. Yeah. It makes you wonder if we're, if we can get better at that. Like I'm really, I'm not soul searching, but I'm definitely just really, your your uh, yeah. story has really got me to think, are, mm -hmm. do we do a good job of recognizing um, that hidden talent that's struggling and uh, get him to, what do you think, sir? Oh, I just, this is something Colonel Baker had said early on that I wrote down. It was like some, some simple, some, some, some things should, should be simple, but they should never be easy. So that just because it comes across and this is the, this is the thing to do, right? This is, well, you know, here's the screw up. Here's the, here's the punishment. That's the going rate kind of thing. Like that doesn't mean that, that it's an easy decision. It should be something that's looked at, understood. What's the repercussions? What's the backstory? 
as much as you possibly can. Um, I think that I, I appreciated that because I think that that walks that that to me speaks to to walk that fine line. Like, hey, like there is there is a there is a a going rate, if you will, for a reason when something happens, and there is repercussions when somebody can't meet them. But how are you then? How, how are you making sure that you understand the backstory, what's going on, um, and how can we make that person better? Is that is that person being afforded every opportunity to to get healthy? Um, and I'm I'm part of my story is that I, I'm I'm really grateful for kind of at a low point in my in my career where I where I had a lot of adversity. I had I had a, I had a squadron commander that 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 bet on me and gave me the opportunity to get healthy. Right, didn't held the line, kept me you know, kept me accountable and a hundred percent. Um, but came back and, and, and gave me the, the opportunity to succeed and gave me the opportunity to climb my way out of the hole. Right. And that's why I've been when able, able to do that for others, um, and pay that for it has been, uh, is part of the reason, like I said, is the privilege of leadership. That's what, that's what makes it all, makes it all worth it. There's nothing, nothing like growing a team, and growing airmen to accomplish an amazing mission. There's nothing like that. That's it's the essence of what we do, I think, really. Um, it's incredible. It makes all the really hard, sticky stuff, the times we don't get it right, right? <laughs> makes that worth it. Mm. And it makes it worth it in a hundredfold, a thousandfold. It's not even close. Right. Sometimes we get bogged down in the in the sticky stuff and it can get a little painful, but. It's good stuff, huh, Jens? Yeah. Uh, this actually, all this leadership talk, it actually leads me into another great question for you. Oh, I'll bring it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, you recently uh, got the Airlift Tanker Association Young Leader Award. Uh, can you uh, educate me on what and our audience on what this is, and uh, you know, and then I'd love for the command team's response to you know, hearing about that and knowing that, you know, one of your airmen got that award. Gosh, darn it. I thought we were going to get through that. Uh, <laughs> came out. Um, so I think if I had to point to some of the background, we did a lot of good work over in the 54th when that was over 2020 when Toby kicked off. So we, we were doing a lot of good work. Um, and the shop I was in was in the middle of it. So the, the, I could talk to you a lot about the, uh, the, the, the scheduling team over there and kind of the woes of like trying to, trying to schedule around COVID. Like, goodness gracious. Like that was, that was not a fun time for anybody at the FTU. But, um, I think that, and that was going, getting put in. The other thing I'll say about that is, uh, I, uh, one Lieutenant Carl asked you at the time was, was adamant about making sure that, um, I had a package that got put in. So, um, if I could drop another, you know, Leadership axiom is that if you have if you have time to write an award, you have time to write an award for somebody else. Um, so I've I've always been the benefit of of really good leaders who've um, I've never I've never had to go out and write an award for myself. It's always been somebody either writing it for me or put, telling me to write one, put put me in. Um, so I've I've always lived by that axiom. Like if I if I have time to write an award, then I have time to go find somebody else who needs help and write write some stuff. And so I've been I've been the benefit of of, of really good leaders, um, who take the time to, to know their people and, and, and fight for us. So, um, and you asked for, for what is it like airlift tanker situation, uh, excuse me, the airlift tanker association, um, 
premier mobility uh, uh, organization, um, and it it's the it, it's a it's a it was a huge deal to me. Came very very surprising, and there were a lot of really really sharp people up on the stage. Um, a lot of people who were winning awards for a lot a lot of valorous acts and big things. We were talking about the neo, and then Captain Negley was walking across the stage. It was very like. I was I was humbled to be in in the, those that kind of that kind of pedigree. Those are those are really sharp people. So it's he's you know his humility is coming out. It's um it's really the best of the best across the mobility air force, and you know that pretty clear that you earned you earned your place amongst amongst those folks. And I think I think this interview bears out some of the qualities that he's got that really. Uh, really translate to leading airmen and making a difference across teams and this community and this base. I mean, I see it. I see it. I certainly see it in the front office, but I, I can see those same qualities that have translated to success at squadron group, you name it. That's why airmen, that's why airmen want to want to follow you and will follow you. Yeah. I didn't, I don't, I didn't really know you then. Um, I think I saw you. So part of winning these awards, I, you, you were in service dress the entire time uh, while you were at the yep. at the convention, <laughs> sure which that definitely stands out when you ask questions and everyone else is in flight suits or OCPs. And um, but uh, I think if I can say one thing about Major Egley is that the award, even knowing Dan and knowing him now, uh, it brings so much credibility to our award system and how yeah, they're words and and we can inflate them sometimes. He is absolutely the, the the right person to yeah. win an award, not just because of what his actions and what his team did, but uh, the kind of officer he character. is, the character, the things you can't see. Sometimes it, I just have a, I really have a belief that that stuff oozes out in other ways, mm-hmm. but because of the passion of the writer, uh, that's willing to put in the work and to make sure that uh, you get recognized, and, and that, that's pretty, it's pretty amazing. But uh, yeah, since then I get it. I'm like, I mean, because I didn't know you obviously, but no, you're the first one to ask very intellectual questions to all the guest speakers, and uh, so we got our money's worth sending this guy we to did. ATA because he has all the great questions and and uh, a lot of I'm sure I'm sure do outs for people. Um, some execs really, <laughs> some exec out there's really enjoying that, some but no, but uh, all of it made sense uh, when it came to that. But that was our introduction to. Well, for, you yeah. interviewed him, sir, but that was my introduction to Major Egley. Uh, was that, but. It was phenomenal watching action. Yeah, it really was. And I think it's interesting, one of the things, one of the themes we've hit on in this particular debrief is the importance and value of writing and the importance and value of, uh, you know, you talk about how your dad taught you to do that and how you were forged in, you know, different jobs, um, learning how to do that. But, you know, it is taking care of people and uh, effectiveness through the written word is is while it's kind of changed in the medium, you know, we, we like to think it's changed a lot in the medium and it has in some ways, but the ability to articulate in the written word is still super important. So when cadets used to ask me, Hey, I'm going to have a flight chief. That's probably going to have 10 years on me, 20 years. Um, what, what, what's the number one impact I can make for my airmen when I get there? I said, learn how to write, learn how to articulate, articulate their thoughts. You should have the decision space and the, space to be able to take care of those things so they can go continue to do the work in the trenches. Yeah. So. I think I think people get scared off by that too. And really it comes down to effort. That's really what it is. Um, I, I don't think you become a great writer just by doing it. Some of, the, some of you probably didn't have 
dads who got gifts of red pens because he went through them so much. But um, for for the for the rest of the population, um, I think it's just been and what I've found in my Air Force writing career has been doing it first, go asking for help, um, going and finding those people. Uh, another name drop hate uh, to uh, Major Dave Librand. I appreciate. I remember him when it was Lieutenant Egley and uh, Captain Dave Librand taking my first crack at my OPR, going, "Hey, Dave, can you can you take a look at this?" And him going very politely, you know, as a graduated squadron group exec, going, "Okay, Caleb, let's sit down and look at this," and then tearing it all to shreds because it was our it was it was just awful. Um, so, um, but that that is how you get better is you go find those people who are the 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 NCO or the senior NCO who who knows how to write, who's been there. He's like, hey, a lot of times it's just for the LT or the or the the CGO who's got to write an EPR and never seen one, um, taking a first crack at it and going, hey, this is this is what I think is important. Did you did you data mine the information? Did you know when the deadline was due? Did you start it early enough? Did you go find the person who knew what they were doing? Did you did you socialize it down the chain and then go to the person up the chain? And did you ask feedback? Like those kind of things take absolutely zero effort and skill in writing, but that's how you get better at it. That, that iterative process. And yeah. it's just that, that kind of stuff is not, is not skill. It's just effort. The instructor's coming out at him. It sure is. And that's, um, that's good with PA in the room here. Oh, yeah. I think they can appreciate this. Yeah. Jance, Jance I, is a, uh, Airman Jance here is a production machine in the, in the media space and, uh, in the article space. It's a reflection of our office, and I think, and same thing with my coworkers. My coworkers all pump out great, uh, top quality products, and uh, all I can say is, hopefully, we reflect on uh, or reflect upon our great leadership too, and it, it's great leadership on us. And I was po- I was pointing at uh, Master Sergeant Allen when uh, we were talking about getting our our writing uh, torn apart because there's a senior NCO that destroys oh, yeah. all all of my writing too. <laughs> the audience can't see it, but he's got it back there. He destroys my, my articles and my products too, but it's only to develop us, uh, us as writers too, and make sure a lot of love. we learn. Yeah. Um, it's a fountain of love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but gentlemen, we are, uh, we are coming down to near the end of the podcast um usually i this is where i open the floor for our guests uh major uh if you do have any more shout outs uh this is that time as well as uh the floor is yours to have any closing comments mm, i think i hit most of my shout outs the the here i'll i will throw one out to the uh the group and squadron exec teams i i get to work with and see their products they that's a as one of those jobs that if you do it right, you really are taking care of people for all the reasons that we talked about. So um, all the group execs and all the, all the squadron execs who are out there, it's, it, it's important work. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful to be, uh, be, be getting, be getting the, the hard questions here. I Jance. I appreciate you taking it easy on me, but um, <laughs> it's, it is a privilege to be able to lead. And it's a privilege to be able to work with, with really great people and both here at Altus and just over the course of my career, I think I, I am the benefit of people who are one really, really good at their job and two who have taken an interest and um, in mentoring and, and helping me get better. Um, so I'm, I'm the, the current company, uh, current company included. So I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on. Yeah. Of course. Command team. 
Oh, it's been awesome. They're really insightful. Clear to me, clear to me, the, the qualities, the character traits that you have, the background that you have, you've really, you've really put that all together to be successful. I think your insight into some of the real nuances of leadership is significant, significant for your experience level and some of the things that you picked up. And you don't get that without being introspective and thinking a lot about others and looking through the lens of others. That That's that's the way you really decode good leadership and effective leadership is you have to look through a lens that's not yourself. I think that's one of the keys. Um, and I, I think from my view, it's pretty clear he's that's what this guy's been doing and among many other great things. What do you think? Jesus? Yeah, no, it's amazing. Uh, you know, not, we don't have a lot of runway ahead of us. Uh, I mean, next year can be retirement time. Uh, even for me and as a command chief, it's just it's amazing. I know we have leaders like you that will continue to carry the baton and take care of our of our sons and daughters, which to me is the most sacred duty we can ask a, a fellow American to do. So um, I mean, you're a great soul. You're a great instructor. You're a good officer. And it's going to be an honor to continue to hand, hand you that flag as you move forward. People like you make me think the Air Force is going to be in good hands as, as, as we continue to move out. It's high praise. Thanks, Chief. Um, and again, Major, it's it's going around the room. But thank you for coming on to the podcast. Uh, I'd, I'd say uh, you were you were top notch, you know. Top-notch guest. This is the first uh, time you've given praise. Yeah. That is, uh, yeah. man. This is unprecedented. Yeah. And uh, I really appreciate uh, your stories and your your openness uh, with uh, the command team and myself. And uh, it, it was just a pleasure having you out here. That, that needs to make yeah. your OPR. <laughs> yeah. A, A1C stated, top-notch. <laughs> uh, that, that's the hardest crap. Yeah. That's the hardest but, crap. Uh, I, I really do appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. But uh, – Thank you. Thank you, command team. Thank you. Um, I would say that is a wrap for episode six of the Debrief podcast. Uh, thank you, everybody. We'll see you later. Yeah. See you. See you. See you. See you.